All right, everybody, welcome back to Reclaim the Present podcast. It's Colleen and Jay today. Hi, guys. And we have a very special guest. We have an author. He's a tier one operator. And, you know, I think one of the biggest things, he's a proud father of five. And, you know, family man and a man of Christ, a man of faith. He wrote a book called Unafraid. And this this book is probably the second most powerful book. I say second because the first book that I saw and read was Fearless by Eric Blum, the Adam Brown story. And this book and the level of faith and just everything that is in it, check this book out. Ladies and gentlemen, it's it's an honor and a privilege to welcome Eddie Penny to the show. Thanks for having me on, man. What a what an awesome introduction. I'm like, who's he talking about? <laughs> I, I appreciate uh, the words and, and thank you very much, man. I'm glad to be here to discuss what we're going to talk about. One one hundred percent. You know, and I, I never I never know how to approach because you know there there's some individuals that have served at the level that you've served th- this country and this world. I just want to say thank you for your service and thank you for your continued service. Thank you. It's um, yeah, that's just it's what it's all about, man. It's what it's all about. I was I was in the taking business for so long and I realized that that's not the right way. So now I'm in the giving business as best as I can. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I mean, if if those words can pierce in to just a just a needle pierce, just a couple needle pricks into the audience just to open up their heart a little bit more and understand that we're all servants uh, that we're all servants of God. You know, it's, people can say heavenly father, they can say God, the creator, but it, okay. It's God we're, we, we are all, we are all doing our best to be the best for our kids, for our families. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I kind of question that you, you said what you just said, we're doing our best. And I would, I would almost question, are we doing our best? Because I know for me, for the longest time, I knew what I should have been doing and I wasn't doing it. And I look back, I'm like, what was it? Because there was something that was keeping me from that. Uh, I mean, and and now, and and still I'm like, man, I can do this way better. I, yep. I can do this way better. Like I do, um, we do a battle, we call it a battle prep every week or a Bible study with uh, our, our unafraid members. Yeah, and and we go through it, and guys will bring up. I mean, because it's an iron sharpens iron thing. It's not Eddie talking about this. It is it is all of us. It's a community, and we'll talk about stuff. And I'm like, man, I I need to implement what that guy's got going on because that's a, I need to do. I need to do better. And it's and there's nothing wrong with that. We know we we don't know what we don't know. Yep. But we should seek that constant growth daily. I re- I really believe that's it. I think we've a lot of us have lost that, and I lost that for. I would say decades, possibly. Yeah. Likewise, like, I, I'm good. Likewise, good. yeah, because the world tells me I'm good. Yeah, but that's not true. Um, so yeah, but I'm with you, man. Yeah, we. I think a lot of us do. Like, all right, we we need to do better. Then we hear something like, mm, maybe I could do better too. And then it's it's the um, that's where the 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 fine um, the moment comes of are you going to just listen or talk about it? Or are you actually going to take it in and go do it? We need to be more doers. Yeah. And I absolutely love that, Eddie. You know, really quick before we jump into you, Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, he wrote this book called The Body Keeps the Score. 
And when I met him, I, I went to one of his 16 hour conferences and, you know, I, I just, I laid it out there, but when he was speaking to the audience, one of the things that he said was exactly what you just said from a psychological, from a trauma healing standpoint, mm -hmm. those that dig claw and scrape to find the truth for themselves to get better than they were the day before. Those are the ones that get beyond their trauma. And the, the same literally applies in spiritual warfare. Yeah, it can, we can almost apply it in every, we can, I can do it for my workouts, my diet, my relationship with my spouse, my children, our work, every, everything. I think we can probably put that in there of trying to get better. And is, is that now some could hear like that, that's a lot to do. I think it's like, hey, if you're led to do something or like I need to work on this and that's what you you do. Don't I don't I think we get in this like oh checklist, I gotta do this, 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 and that's where it gets overwhelming. And what happens? People fall off mm -hmm. and they go back to the dark side. Yeah. It's a bad side to be on. <laughs> well, it, absolutely. And and you know it, I know it, Colleen knows it. You know, a, a little bit of background on Colleen. She's she's the wife of a first responder that's a lieutenant in the fire service. She does a lot with peer support in the marriage and family side, you know, really digging into, okay, what is it like to be a service member? What What is it like for them to come home after their quote unquote shift is done or their tour of duty is done? Now, what does that look like? What does that look like for the husband, the wife, the girlfriend, the boyfriend, yeah. you you name it. That's so a tough job. Very tough job. <laughs> uh, I, I, my wife, I, I'm like, man. You have it harder than I do, I think, because she's got to deal with my BS. I mean, that's what it really comes down to. So Colleen, hats off to your sister. Thanks. It's a it's a rewarding job. I get to explain to your children that they're not the only one with a crazy dad, and it's actually <laughs> not their fault. So they feel supported in that. Yeah, yeah. It's um it's um it's a unique dynamic to take in the outside stresses of the job and then go into the family home where it's like I mean it's just two different sides of the spectrum is like chaos and trauma to let's hug it out. It's like whoa whoa, whoa. yeah. <laughs> give me give me a second. Yeah yeah, and it, we're gonna we're gonna dig into all this. Yeah. Let's let's get into all right. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. I, I grew up in a suburban neighborhood. My parents got divorced when I was around seven years old. I pretty much stayed with my mom, but I would see my dad every week like for dinner. And then every other weekend, I would stay with him. Uh, did sports when I was younger, baseball, football, basketball, was not good at that. And then I started swimming my freshman year in high school and just did that until my all the way up to my beginning of my senior year. Um, and I did not do anything in my senior year because I knew I wanted to go to the military. So I just stopped swimming, um, due to a passing way of a head coach, just kind of didn't want to be in the swimming arena anymore. Cause he was a big motivator for me. Uh, and then went to the military, the Marine Corps when I was 17 years old, 17, 17. Yeah. Dang. And, and now I have a brother-in-law that is, uh, he's still serving as a Lieutenant Colonel over there or no, is he a Lieutenant? Forgive me. He's either Lieutenant Colonel or he's a full bird colonel now. He's going to kick me right in the ass. For I was going to say, he's going to listen to me like, hey, dude, come on, man. I'm a one star now. <laughs> but uh, I, I got a lot of respect for you guys. And, you know, when when you were putting, when, when you share in, in your book and you talk about that moment that 
uh, what what was it? A, a sand flea got on you? Yeah. Oh, gosh, I'm not getting the heebie-jeebies. Just you saying, I'm having flashbacks. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Oh, no, Sorry, Eddie. Yeah, these like little sand fleas. Uh, that was on, it was down in South Carolina, Paris Island, which is the East Coast uh, boot camp for the Marine Corps. And um, they have these things called sand fleas. And there's, they have these like sand pits. They're like big sandboxes conveniently everywhere around the island. And what they use this for is to pretty much beat you down uh, not physically, but with calisthenics, workouts, um, stuff like that. And they would take you there if you were, if like you, you guys weren't listening, you didn't make certain times, discipline was slacking, they would take you there. And I was in formation, which is like you're in those ranks that you would see the marching. We were just standing there and I had my rifle on my right shoulder and this little sand flea would come in and they, and they bite and it hurts. It sucks. It's okay. Annoying. It's like a. It's not quite like a bee sting. It's definitely less than that, but it's like, it is the fine line between annoyance and this hurts. Okay. It's like right in there. Just perfect. It's like a constant tapping on your skull. Yeah. And um, it bit me and I was, I was kind of using my peripheral vision. Look, right, so I'm in formation. I have my rifle on my right shoulder and, uh, you know, they have their sand pits all around the island, but they, those sand uh, sand pits have a little thing called sand fleas and those those things are zooming around everywhere and and one landed on my arm and the, it's like not as bad as a bee sting but it's annoying full it's like right in the middle and i was and i i saw it land and i was like please like kevin that internal dialogue or trying to like talk to it <laughs> like don't bite me like, just leave me alone dude go to someone else maybe we can and, work this um, of course it like gets in starts biting and then i'm looking around for this drill instructors who were looking around and i i think i'm in the clear and i swipe it off with my left hand and as soon as i do that i hear the scary thing i hear the worst thing you could possibly hear and that's your name so i hear recruit penny and that and that growling voice that they have yeah um they give me tell me to fall out so i fall out i knew what it meant so i go over to the, the the nearest sand pit which was maybe 100 200 yards away I take off my blouse, my cami top. I, I put it, my rifle down in the weapons holder that they have. Uh, and just, I get in the middle of the sand, sand pit and stand at attention. And he just starts push up, sit up, sprints back and forth, running. And um, it just kept going and going. And I mean, for, for hours. Yeah. And, and I'm not exaggerating the hours. I, I do remember Jesus. the shadows would actually move from opposite side of the tree. I was there for a long time time and i'm sure there was other people going to other sand pits and getting whatever was going on but i was in eddie's world you know which wasn't a good world to be in at the moment but he it's towards the end he started making me do these sprints and he's like you got like 30 seconds or whatever and you can't the, the time he gave you cannot do it so it's just me and this drill instructor and i'm getting frustrated man i'm like there's no way i can do it like when this, I, you know i kind of go in, go into that mental stage like why me? I, I start becoming the victim. Yeah. Am I ever going to get out of this? Will this ever end? Is this my life from now on? <laughs> like the, the thoughts we believe. Yeah. I start and I start crying, and I, and I'm like not not like bawling, but I'm like I can feel the tears coming down, and I'm sweating so bad, and I'm like, well, I hope he just thinks it's sweat coming down. But dude, <laughs> I was I was crying. I was feeling sorry for myself. Sure. And, um, he comes up to me. And I was not expecting this. And he just tells me the importance of discipline. And he's like, it might be you scratching on now, but overseas or in combat. And this is before the wars, uh, Iraq or Afghanistan was going off. And he's explaining the importance of discipline. And just something hit. I, I, 
I don't know if it was his words, but my mindset literally switched. Uh, and it's and it's from that day I've had this mindset that like bring it. Mm. It doesn't mean I just don't get irritated. It doesn't mean I just don't get annoyed. It doesn't mean it's still hard. Yeah. But it's like, dude, let's go. Yeah. And, and that, that carried over to my buds training. I remember them giving us push-ups forever. And I and I'll we'll start calling them out, like, oh, that, that's all you got? Because what are you gonna do to me? <laughs> yeah. You can't break me. You're not gonna break me. You can physically exert me, you will not break this. And, uh, but, but that sandpit, he gives me that speech and I was like, sweet, we're done. But he just steps back out of the sandpit and he turns around and he, and I'm like, all right, clearly we're done. We were not done. And he kept doing it again and again and again. But this time I wasn't feeling sorry for myself. I was, I was angry. It was, I guess, anger directed in a, in a direction of a goal that needed to be accomplished. And I used it to, as a driving force. And I kept going, I didn't get faster, mm. but I, but I could internally, the adrenaline was going, the, the, the dopamine drop or whatever was going on internally. Yeah. It was just different. And I'm like, I like this. And I, and I, and I held on to that. And, um, it's been my mindset and a lot of things and there, don't get me wrong. There's times where I'm like, dude, I'm not doing this like I'm going to do because I don't feel like this is unnecessary pain or risk. Yeah. Uh, but my mindset shifted on that day. Like I could in, in afterwards, boot camp was different. My training was different from then on um, as a, at a list in Marine. And then when I went over to the SEAL side, it was different. And from that day, I remember that defining moment. So I call that now the switch is finding your switch. And I can tap into that. If like it's disgusting or like it's just a bad situation. Yeah. I actually used it. We went to um my 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 family lives in Cincinnati and we always go down to the creeks and we walk the creeks, we lift up rocks, look for snakes, crawdads, yeah. uh, salamanders, all that. And I as I get older, before I'd like jump in the water, buddy, I don't care. And then I got older, I'm like, don't get wet, don't get dirty. I don't want to deal with that. Like my feet are getting soggy. And and I would tap around, like just jump from rock to rock. And I realized, and then one time I like just you know stepped in because I think my kids wanted me to go in this deep area. And I and I just went in and I'm like, I just spent like 30 minutes tapping around. If I just would have committed, got myself all wet, because after you're all wet, you don't care anymore. Care is gone. And, and I think that's like part of the switch. It's like, dude, just jump in. And let's go. Like, let's do it. Cause now I'm just taking that out. I don't need to worry about that. Cause I think that hinder, that kind of stuff hinders us from doing something great or spending time with our kids mm-hmm. and getting muddy and getting dirty, which is like where memories are made. And we become like fun. We, mm-hmm. we lose fun, I think. And, and I'm guilty of that as well. But I remember thinking that I'm like, man, this is so mindset. Like right here, it's 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 awesome. So but long story for for that. And that's just where the switch was. Well, but it but that switch. How many people in this life, and I, I enjoyed the story. It wasn't long for me. How many people have never been pushed in an environment to be able to understand that that is where they can get it to? They can they can channel that. They can connect with right. that right. to get Too it many. to the next. Yeah. Too many. Yeah. I'll come up with an excuse. Ah, that's not for me. I don't do that. That's abusive. That's just not. It's like. Dude, if we understood our potential, our capabilities, our the tra- our job would completely change. We we play it safe all the time, mm-hmm. and and I don't exclude myself. I I play it safe sometimes in business decisions. I play it safe a lot, and I'm like, what am I doing? 
because I lose that aggressiveness that was got me to where I am right now. Um, I, I mean, I sometimes I have to be like, whoa, dude, like, stop. No, we're taking risk here. I mean, calculated risk. I mean, More calculated. Yeah. You know, don't go uh, nuts, nuts on it. But um, yeah, I think a lot of people, they play it safe. They don't they don't want that bead of sweat to come out because it will ruin their shirt. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go change or I'm not going to have time to shower and I got to go out to eat first. We, we, we lose. I mean, if, I mean, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Like I, I do it still. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, go get, go get sweaty. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. You're going to live. Just carry deodorant with you. Make sure you smell good. <laughs> <laughs> do your hair. Come on. That's important. <laughs> but it, it, it is, I, I do like the fact that we, we kind of went into the, to the bud side of things where you left off and you went through such such an incredibly arduous journey. I mean, this this journey, the percentage of men that are not able to complete just the original buds, Hell Week, you know, right. and you did it. You did it first time. Mindset. Right. So that's a powerful mindset. That is, I mean, that puts you in what, the 20th percentile of one of the strongest minds? Uh, I, I guess that there's studies out there, but I, it's about 20, 25% of people that, that do that only that, that that can go through that. I'm getting tongue tied here, but yeah, a lot of people quit due to, due to cold, due to being tired. Um, I think it's the mind mm-hmm. um, very, very few. Is it because you fail to run or didn't do enough? I mean, very little numbers come down to that one. It's mostly they quit. And, and I bring it down to mindset there's and and the difference between their mind and maybe my mind or someone else that passed is um, there is no difference with our brain. It's just, you believe the lies and the thoughts that you're, you're chewing on. You have two sides to go. You can go negative or positive and they take the negative route and they're like, ah, or, like this isn't for, they'll believe the lies. This isn't for me. <laughs> uh, I, I can do that one secondary option, that plan B. My my family will understand. These are the lies that they tell themselves, or they they call it their self talk, and they believe it. Or it's like I have no plan B. This is it. Yeah. If you're telling yourself this is it, this is going to suck. But my buddy right next to me is going through the same thing. In the classes that were before me, there was people that graduated, and they're doing great things right now. They're happy. They're wearing that emblem on their chest mm-hmm. for the country that they love, that they volunteer to serve. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you got two sides of, of which way you want to go. You believe you can, because both sides are coming in. It's just like, what are you going to believe? Yeah. What are you going to chew on? What are you going to meditate on? Yeah. What are you going to tell yourself over and over? What are you going to speak to each other? And that's what it comes down to. You start talking to stuff. I start talking to this guy and he's negative, you know, negative, negative town over here. It's going to bring me down. Yeah. Where I'm talking to this guy's like, Hey, this sucks, but we got this. Like think how strong we'll be afterwards. Like, dude, you're right. Let's go. This water is so cold, but not as cold as X, Y, and Z or whatever. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. So it, it from from that negative self self talk to that positive self self talk. It can always be colder. It can always be be tougher. It can always be more vicious. We're just going to work together. We're going to do it as a team, and we're going to push each other. Yeah, and you get to learn about your body. How much can I take? Yeah. Is it uncomfortable? You're you're comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. That's a powerful place. Yeah. It's a very powerful place. That which obviously at the time I didn't know this. 
I didn't understand a lot of this. I was just like, dude, there's just no other plan B. Like th- this is it. <laughs> this is it. But like going back and diving, because I mean, mindset's a huge thing. Going back and seeing that, it's like, okay, what did I do? Because I remember the first question, I, the first time I was asked, I was like, I just did it. Like, but then I'm like, go back. I'm like, okay, so I can see where this came in. I see where this came in. Who did I hang out with? What was I speaking? Uh, all that comes into play. And um, you, have, you have two options. I think one of the most beautiful things is the fact that, like you said, you just did it, but you did it and your level of delivery and the areas that you had to deliver, you excelled. <laughs> I mean, you just, you really, when, when you did it, you won it, you won it. Yeah. You excelled. Yeah. I mean, if, if I, if it's like, how bad do you want it? Yo, you've heard that question. If, and a lot of it's usually money driven, which obviously this is not in the military. You're not right. getting rich off of it. But if you if you go to people that don't have a lot of drive and like, hey, you'll get a million bucks if you can complete this, this, and this, they're gonna do it because they want that, they want that carrot at the end of the line. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. what you're driving for us, what what gets you to where you're going? Well, a lot of it was personal. I wanted to see that I do it. If and at the you know, at the beginning stages of this, you know, the Afghanistan and Iraq wasn't happening or 9-11 never happened. Um, so it was like, I want to be there to do that. I want to be a tip of the spear. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what you're, what's your driving force? There's gotta be some kind of driving force. And I, and I tell you, and to be honest with you, I didn't want to tell people I quit because that'd be a shot to my ego. That, I mean, that's just some transparency. Yeah. I didn't want to ever say that. I'll, I'll die first. There's <laughs> 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 a ride for you. <laughs> well, but, but I mean, just having conversations with your brother, Joe, and I asked him about, you know, what was swimming like? Cause I'm not one of the best swimmers out there, you know, an individual like yourself that has done it, you know, as an actual sport, it's a little bit different, a little bit different techniques, all of that. And he's like, dude, I wasn't a good swimmer. I had a good swim buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And you need to, and you got to play your, your strong suit and help out your weak hand. One thing about Joe though, that I, that, that I just got, um, we could be doing a million push-ups. We'd be done with it. Joe would always crack a smile. Wow. He was always smiling. And that that says a lot about a person. That's probably one of the reasons why I got I drew. I mean, he was, man, we were we were like inseparable yeah. the teams. Uh, but he would always he, very rarely would he go to negative town, which which happens with us all. And of that's you like, hey, let's bring us each other out. But he would always <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> and I, and he's smiling. <laughs> And he's getting up and he's laughing. And it, I mean, you can tell by his personality. It's like, dude, like, I want some of that. I'm going to hang by you, buddy. Yeah. And it rubs off on you, right? Totally. totally. And I mean, you literally just hit him. Up. He's like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he just does. He's like, let's go. Like, we have no other option. You're going to like, let's work. Let's make a deal. Nah, that's just not how it works. Yeah. All right, let's go. Bring your mind now. So you, you got in, you became a Navy SEAL, and then you took it to the next level. You took it to an, another level, and I, I don't know what is acceptable for you to talk about or or not talk about. What I can say is um, I, I, I read a book by Eric Blem about a dev grew operator of SEAL Team 6, Adam Brown, yep. and this individual was a friend of yours. He was, he he was. was, he was a colleague. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Adam was, uh, Adam was awesome, man. Adam was, I was with him. I met him. It was his second go around uh, deployment at team two and it was my first. And then he did another one at team two. I did my second one. 
So after he did three and I did two, we went over to our tier one unit, uh, NSWDG, uh, or team six and, uh, went through training together. And then we went to the same squadron, um, over there as well. Wow. I mean, his level, you know, in, in that book, fearless, I, I was on really dark days for, for myself. And when I, when I, I had the opportunity to read it and then I read it again. And when you, when you read that book and you, you think about his shortcomings and the type of substances that came to his system and how much the enemy was trying to pull him away from his life of service that he was so meant for. Um, and then just looking at his faith and how he would run full speed down a hill or, you know, and I wasn't there, but just the way that the book describes it. And then the question was asked, why did he do it knowing he was probably going to get hurt? It's because his faith was so freaking strong. Would you agree? I would agree. I would, I would put Adam's mindset, his brain, um, the way he thinks his faith and his, his faith rubbed off on me because during all this, I was not a, what I would call a Christian. I didn't, you know, um, press in like I do now by any means. I was a, a turd. To be honest with you, if I had to label myself up. <laughs> you like that word. <laughs> well, hey, I was a turd. It's, 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 I mean, it is. Um, the little poop emoji. That, that was me. <laughs> but I wasn't smiling because I was an I was an angry, mean, not a nice dude. Yeah. Um, but you could just see it, and that stuff like rubbed off on me. He just planted those seeds, and the Lord came in and watered and made it grow. Um, he had um the surgery on his knee. As soon as he was able to, he met us overseas to deploy with us. He lost his fingers. And I was actually, I was put those on for him. I was the medic in his book that put them on. Wow. Uh, which was, I, like, I remember walking over to me sitting on a big boulder. And because they, they said, hey, go help Adam with his hand. I was like, all right, what's going on? So I go over and I was like, what's up, buddy? And he just holds up his hand and there's three fingers laying over the side. <laughs> I was like. Oh, okay. And I have, and, and I'm not a, you know, I was an EMT at the time, but I'm no doctor. Right. Uh, fingers back on. Then we just kind of put it back on. And I was like, hey, dude, hold them. And I was like wrapping them and trying to keep them as like back to where we thought they could possibly be. Yeah. And uh, I come to find out that like that saved his fingers uh, to keep that blood flow going to the extremities and everything. Uh, but he was never, what was so funny about that is he was never like, oh, my hand. He was like, dude, now I'm out of the fight. I remember hearing him say that. Wow. I was like, that was his mindset. He didn't care that his fingers and possibly could stop him from throwing a ball or writing or picking up something or, or typing, whatever it may be. Yeah. That's not where his mind went. He was like, man, I'm going to be out of the fight and now I got to go get this better. Wow. And, it was, and that's not a selfish thing. I don't believe no. it at all. I think it's like, Hey man, I know where I'm supposed to be. I know what my mission is. Um, And that's awesome, dude. That's like, if you could sell that at a store, it would be off the shelves in minutes. Yeah. People want that. Yeah. People cling to that. And I remember that. I was like, dude, this guy, like just little things like that. It might not seem like a big people to certain people, but dude, that that's like everything. Yeah. That just shows that just shows how laser focused he was. It was beautiful. I was like, man, okay, that's that's cool. Yeah. Uh, but Leon, let's get these fingers back on. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he's like he still was in good spirits. I mean, yeah. sure, he was down and he had his moments like this sucks, but he had his he was good spirits. Yeah. Well, and 
I mean, in in the book, I'm I'm sure you you read it. You know, you were there. Um, you know, when he starts talking, when it was talked about giving soccer balls to the kids, giving shoes to the kids. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, just all of the 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 humanitarian side. You know, it's it's personified that you guys you guys are the killers of the killers, and you know, you're you're this and you're that, and you've you've killed more people than you can count on your fingers. But only if you're bad. Only if you're bad, but but here's the here's still the thing that I look at, and maybe this is not correct. Listening to you talk about, you know, that you've been that you've taken out 346 bad guys or three whatever the number was, and I thought about that. I was like, okay, it was 346 bad guys. I wonder how many people he saved. It's definitely with- not me. I did not take out 346. <laughs> All right. It's like, oh, cool. I'll take help. <laughs> All right. So whatever, whatever your, whatever your number is, whatever Adam's number was, whatever any team guy's number is, soldier in general, how many people were saved by that one person going away? I would say hundreds and thousands or, or thousands. A lot of people. If you add them all up, a lot of people, people don't understand the maiming and shaming and chaos and destruction that takes place by these evil individuals. Um, and are some of them in the wrong place at the wrong time? Yes. that That's a thing called war. There's yeah. no way around it. Uh, these bags, they do bad things. They'll take drills and drill them through your, uh, your kneecap. They will cut off breasts off of women. They, they don't care. They'll use them as sex slaves, boys. As sex, I mean, they'll do, we've heard all the stories. Um, and, and, you know, obviously the Americans and all our, um, our allies, yeah, they, they want to destroy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, taking those out, taking them off this earth was a good thing. Mm-hmm. And my, and I, and I think I said this in the book is the only regret I have is not taking out more because mm-hmm. there was a couple shots. There's a lot of shots where I'm like, mm, not justified by our rules of war, which rules and war, they honestly, they just don't go to, uh, but, but yeah, it's just like, yeah, they, they um, I think we, we saved a lot. And then not only that, but giving into the community, giving medications, helping out with water sources, food routes, trying to keep certain things going to the store or to your neighbor safe as best as you possibly can. Yeah, yeah. that saves. And it just brings a sense of peace, which is can lead to anxiety, depression, suicide. Yeah. Or or more terrorism because or they more terrorism. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. The, kind of like the oldest tale of time of the gangster. The gangster never got the lover's support when they were the kid. So they went and found the gang to get the love and support and to be protected. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's very true. It's very true. There's only, there's two sides. It's not just going in and slaughter everyone. Right. Right. And I, I love that because I, I think there's a, there's a, there's a personification out there that the, that the soldier is the quote unquote, bad person that they're evil that 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 it's just they're just kill happy and at these precision levels of what you've served uh, you know you talk about the kill addict you talk about the different thing aspects in your book to me it came off as more your addiction was not the act of the physical kill your addiction was eradicating bad people from this earth yeah i think that's a great way to put it but I did enjoy shooting them. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, that's just the truth. Yeah, that, that is the truth. That is the truth. Because I'm like, that's one less bad person to do X, Y, and Z. Absolutely. 
it in anybody that has been harmed by a bad person will absolutely they might not they might not condone the act of how it takes place right but one less bad guy is a is one less person they have to worry about coming after them mm-hmm. yeah and I, we could say that for the same thing back here in the states yes if we're getting rid of this person or someone that's trafficking children that i would say that that's a good that's a good thing that's a very good thing and you know one of the, one of the quick things not to go too far off topic but when we talk about this country and we talk about pride and we talk about um we t- we talk about our what what's the word um i pledge allegiance to you know having um the freedom no it it's um belief in your country pride in your country yeah, 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 yeah. All, all of those things we're we're talking about all of this where people are, are are afraid to raise their American flag or to show their pride or whatever. There has been a cartel war going on in the United States for over 30 years. Pinnell County, Arizona has been one of the biggest wars going on in the United States that no one talks about. And, and imagine, <laughs> imagine the help of an organization like the one that you've served in training these guys and helping these guys and working with these guys. We talk about faith in America. We talk about, you know, the, the borders. We talk about the war overseas. Yes, there was a war overseas going while there was a war in America going and it's still going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're, you're hundred percent right. I, I, I heard so well, I'm sure we, we've all heard the same thing and it's so true. And I've kind of speak on this quite a bit is we, we always talk about this change. Everyone wants this change. We speak of this change. O D C U O local community U. But honestly, the change starts from your home and it kind of works out. It yeah. starts in your house. It starts with us parents. Yeah. Because then we can teach our children to do the right thing. And then the next generation is doing the thing that is righteous, holy, and, and right. Yeah. And if, if we take that same thought process and we look at it um, and we put it to our country with our government, it's like we need to kind of take care of our own house mm-hmm. before we start reaching over to somebody in the next neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like we, we should be worrying about ourselves. That doesn't mean we don't help. Of course. It doesn't mean if my neighbor needs some salt, I'm not going to go give them some salt. Of course. But I need to I need to make sure that my house is in order before I try to work on someone else's house because then get then I'm a hypocrite. I think we've heard this before. Take the log out of your own eye before you help somebody with the speck in theirs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We've heard this. Mm-hmm. It go, it's, it goes both ways, and there's so much political agenda. Um, well, absolutely. And you talk about the political agenda just briefly. I know that we could go down a rabbit hole, but I think it's pretty interesting that when a Republican president gets in the office, that the doors are opened up going back to Pinnell County, going back to, um, you know, the, the cartel war that has been taking place. When a Republican is in office, I've been told that they get introduced to every single agency all the resources possible in the country then when a a democratic president takes the position the doors are closed the agencies are not opened up to them and they basically have to to weather the storm with their own vices with their with their own tools and resources that were built up from previous presidencies i mean that's insane to me crime theft 
embezzlement going on in all these deals. And it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It is just, it is not okay. The things that are going on, but that's a whole nother 17 podcasts. (laughs) And and, and absolutely. And I I know I, I veered off a little bit, but you know, it's, it's the foreign and domestic that there's stuff going on right now, foreign and domestic and, and really what is infiltrating our, our lives, our kids' lives is pedophilia, sexualization of children. There are people that are basically saying, hey, you have the right to choose homosexual lifestyle because that's your preference. Well, what if what if we create a group that is looking at having an attraction to children, having an attraction to young adults is just a preference. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm absolutely appalled by this. And these are things that are, are happening in our country, in the United States right now is that homosexuality, because there's been a stance taken on it. And I, I have friends that are homosexual. I'm okay with homosexuals, doing homosexual things with consenting adults. It's none of my business, right? I I believe in their marriage. I believe in unity. I believe in all of those things. Here's where I draw the line. I draw the line that someone's saying, well, guess what? Because gay people have been given their rights. What? Why don't I have the opportunity to have a preference of a child? Or why don't I have the opportunity then to to prefer you know young adults or teenagers um, that aren't 18 yet? Because that's my preference. This is where this country is getting to. The world is getting to where these disgusting, despicable topics are being more table talk tab, you know, it, it's not as taboo. It's more preferential. Oh, give them a chance. Give them a break. It's not their fault. This is all bullshit. It's all smoke and mirrors. I'm going to jump off my soap soapbox, but it, it, this, these are the things that are not tolerable under what you do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we, you know, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, sexual addiction, all the different addictions there. And, and here's, here's the thing though, more than ever, it is seeming that a lot of these things are more of a fad. They're a, um, they're a little bit less taboo and they're becoming, they're, they're, there's individuals that are trying to make this a little bit more table talk conversations and I'm so glad at the stance that you stand at because none of that stuff goes. Yeah, I think we lose we're losing focus of priorities. We're letting the world come in and consume us and it's well, it's devouring us. I mean, just just look. We don't even need to talk, just just scroll any media feed, see what's going on, see what direction we're heading to. It's um it's not a good direction. You and I have had conversations off- offline and we were talking about the different things. You know, I- I've shared with you that I have complex PTSD. My trauma started at a very young age 
it's not the same as the PTSD or the PT, whatever you want to call it. For me, it's disordered thinking. And that was one of the biggest things that I had to deal with as well as a hyperactive sympathetic nervous system, as well as the hypervigilance and all of those other things that were involved with it. But beyond that, there's a spiritual component to it. But before we even get to that, why is it that all of our service members, all of the first responder community, which is the first line defense, first line of defense for every community in this country and probably the world, the way that it's set up, why are they not known about counter strain? Why are they not being told about, I mean, for, for example, when's the last time that we've heard about somatic experiencing? When's the last time we heard about affect regulation, clinical hyp- hypnotherapy, polyvagal informed therapy, nervous system stabilization, the power of yoga? I know that's coming out a little bit on YouTube and, and there's snippets of stuff like this, but we have 300 and some on million people in the United States. And why, why aren't we hearing about all of these different ways that we can get to trauma that we can get the, like, literally there are stabilization techniques that are being moved around this country and are being learned at behind closed. They're, they're being taught and people are learning it behind closed doors where a crisis or a catastrophic, literally a crisis or a catastrophic event with stabilizations, with specific techniques during a, a, a period of time, a crisis can stay a crisis and it does not even have to become stored trauma in the body. We're not talking about any of that stuff. And I, I don't mean you and I, Eddie, I, I don't mean you and I, Colleen. I mean, as a general society, we hear about so much killing, so much this, so much this, yet where are the resources? Where are the people? Where are the scientists? Where are the specialists that should be on every single news station every single day to put this in the ears of the people that need it the most? All of the different healing aspects that we can do to our body system, that we can do to our brains to get someone beyond trauma so that trauma does not become a post traumatic reflection. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a great that's a great um, that's a great question. I think a lot of it. I've said this a million times. It's not all spiritual. There's still an emotional. There's still a mental, and there's still a physical component that goes into pretty much everything. Yep. Uh, but I but I do believe that the spiritual thing is not talked about at all. To be honest with you, totally agree. Um, Knowing what I know now about the Lord, <laughs> yeah. If I could implement that back when I was going through overseas stuff, um, and the traumas I was dealing with, instead of going to a bottle, instead of going to a pill bottle, instead of going to women, and and pressing into the Lord uh, aggressively, yeah. Um, and learning the healing, the true healing, the genuine healings, and learning about the root of a problem. Why do I do this? Why do I think this way? Well, there's a reason. <laughs> Instead, we put this Band-Aid, which I I really believe is like, hey, I need you to take this pill. I need you to go get the shot in your neck. And now a new thing is psychedelics. Mm-hmm. And, I under, and, I, and, I, and I am not a medical doctor. I cannot say that person needs this. That person doesn't. All right. So go back, go back to the psychedelics, because I, I think we, let's let's just pull the ripcord on it. And if if you want to share what your knowledge base is on the psychedelics for for your special operations community for the community abroad. Great. 
I'm happy to share from my experience of it <clears throat> from doing it. Right. I, I think, and it's not just psychedelics. I think it goes back to the SSRIs because the VA or others are like, hey, take this, take this. And some of that ties back into, so I get money for this, big pharma's pushing this. I mean, look, we can look at the, the vaccine situation that we yeah. just went through. Um, we can kind of see motives and agendas, um, you know, and I, and I look at this the same way is where we put this or, or weight drugs. Well, use them, a weight loss pill Yeah, is take this pill and, and you're going to lose weight. Yeah. Well, I take that weight loss pill. I, I, I will lose weight. I, I most likely will lose weight, but here's the deal. I'm not learning how to eat right. I'm not learning how to exercise. I'm not learning the importance of sleep. I'm not learning about stress. I'm not learning about those things. I think if I just take a pill, that is the answer. And that is false. Because what happens once people get off the pill, they go right back to where they were, if not more. Absolutely. The, the same way with SSRIs, psychedelics is, can they be helpful? Absolutely. I've been on SSRIs. They, then they did help me. <laughs> but I'm like, this isn't, I'm relying on this. I'm making this my idol. I'm saying, as long as I can take this pill, I feel good. And I'm not going to even say I believe. I'm going to say the truth is with the Lord, that's where true healing comes in. That's where genuine healing comes in. We don't, um, and th this is me. I speak a lot from hypocrisy here is we don't understand the power that is in that. When we say, Hey Lord, I need you. And we press in the Lord, the Lord presses into us that that healing comes. And I don't need this. I don't need that. I need the Lord. And I, and I think that's, we just get that. Um, we, we talk about, you know, this country's founded on God. We, we we say the Pledge of Allegiance or we want to say the Pledge of Allegiance or don't take away the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, but we're not walking the way we should be walking. And I was there for the longest time, so I'm, I'm not throwing stones here whatsoever. Um, and there's still aspects of my life like I need to get better at this. I need to have spiritual growth in this section of my life. Mm -hmm. I need to not sin in my anger. I, I do need to do that. I know that. Um, but I, I, I think we get away from it. Oh, that's just a thing. Oh, those are, that's just a book. And the, the truth is that's not, it's true power. It's true healing. It's true mercy. Mm -hmm. It's true grace. It's true fierceness. And it's true getting rid of evil. You were talking about SSRIs. You were also talking about psychedelics. And now I, I also have to clarify that I'm not a doctor. I've only lived from my individual experiences. And that doesn't make me an expert. That just makes me someone who's now knowledgeable about what worked for me and what didn't work for me. Right. But when you talk about the SSRIs, I utilize the SSRIs too. And SSRIs are great. But when we're talking about complex PTSD or we're talking about PTSD or PTS, whatever way you want to look at it, whether it's the night terrors and the flashbacks or it's hypervigilance, or simply not being able to adapt in your environment. I mean, I I always go back to this, and I didn't write this book, but this book truly, truly helped me reading The Body Keeps the Score with Dr. Bessel van der Kolk because one of the things that was missed for political reasons during the Vietnam era and these, these veterans, these individuals coming back from just terror and horror and the effects that it had on them, in the way that they were positioned in the world, they were not able to adapt in the original environment that they left. So you have individuals that might have proposed before they went to Vietnam, or you had people that, you know, were living with their partner or 
you know, the, the love notes and all those things were going on. Then a trauma happens, <clears throat> a deep trauma happens. Something happened that rocked them, that rocked them so hard that they no longer want to be married. They no longer wanted to be in the family unit. They no longer wanted to be a part of the community that they came back to, to do the work that they were doing. It, it, they literally were not able to adapt in the previous environment that they thrived in. That is something that is not talked about enough and not being able to adapt in the original environment that we lived in and thrived in and loved in is a freaking nightmare in and of itself. But with knowledge, with preparation, with work, with resources, with all of these things that can change. And yet there is still more scrape away all of those moderate to middle surface level symptoms. And there's still one big one. So for, again, for me, I was able to get through the night tears, the flashbacks, understand hypervigilance, hyper arousal, hypo arousal patterns, and, and all of those things. Hypervigilance is like peeling a freaking onion. That's the size of a mountain. Getting beyond all of those things got me to a place of understanding emotional dysregulation or affect dysregulation because I was not able to affect regulate or emotionally regulate underneath all of those things that are going on. All of those other symptoms is affect is affect regulation. And basically what affect regulation is, have you, have you ever come across this before? No, I have not. All right. So there's valences. I'm listening and learning. So yes. Yeah. No, this, this is cool. Um, so there's things called valences. Okay. And these valences are just like our anchor points. You, you remember that movie inside out that the, the kid, or is it called in, inside I out? That, so. that, that, children's movie? that children's movie, the Disney movie. <laughs> Emotions like I'm, I'm anger. I'm, yep. Uh, yep. Is it that one? That, okay, that's, yep. That's exactly like right. So there are anchor emotions, right? Your, your anger, your sadness, your happiness, blah, blah, blah. There's valences that are connected to those anchor emotions. Okay. And really what emotional dysregulation is, you know, those, you ever hear of a negative feedback loop or someone get whipped up in a twister and they just get blown across the street and blown across through life. What that comes from is emotional suppression and emotional invalidation. So one of the most difficult things is with having kids, kid cries, mom or dad say, stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. Anytime we invalidate the emotions, or if we do that, the majority of the time it creates chinks in our armor as children. Being able to recognize their emotions, being able to validate their emotions, they move on very, very quickly. They don't stay in that place. Adults are no different. So when we talk about these base core emotions, there's like six levels. So for example, you always start with the presenting emotions. And now keep in mind, guys, this is not mine. Douglas E. Knoll, he uh, is a jurist doctorate, 
and he is a master's in peacemaking. He wrote a book, De-Escalate, How to Calm an Angry Person in 90 Seconds or Less. He taught me this. He's been on our podcast. You could check it out. It's a previous episode. But one of the things that there, he has three rules that he teaches. Ignore the words someone is saying. Listen to the emotion and label the emotion. So for example, like I said, there's six layers of emotion. So the first one, the first level of the layer cake is anger, frustration, annoyance, rage, hatred. Second layer, disrespect, ignored, not heard, unsupported, unappreciated. Third, fear, anxiety, worried, concerned, scared, frightened, territory, uh, terrified. So let's say... Let's say my wife is angry with me. Well, if she's angry with me and she's having an intense emotion, I've been taught that her prefrontal cortex is offline. And if her prefrontal cortex is offline, she's not able to process the emotion that she's currently feeling. So being able to ignore the words listen to the emotion and label the emotion keeps us from invalidating it. And it allows us to practice our own empathy of it. So the more a person is emotionally suppressing, the more a person experiences at a later time, dysregulation Mm -hmm. in dysregulations that can create addictions, that can create all of these different habits because it is trying to compensate for the emotions, the natural emotions that have not been felt, that have not been seen, that have not been realized. So one of the greatest gifts that God gives us is love. And you've experienced that type of love. And this is a great way for me to discern from someone who's talking out of the side of their mouth or speaking out of their their ass, when we speak of the other side and we speak of that God connection, when the heart or the Jesus connection, when that heart gets touched and that level of love, that warm blanket of love, it's, it's indescribable. And, and you felt that you've seen that. But that's that's one aspect of this big affect label. So love is huge, right? We it's all serve. Yeah, it's number one. That's the most powerful feeling emotion in the world is love. And so what I've what I've learned is if we want to de-escalate people, if we want to de-escalate ourselves, call out the emotions that we're feeling. So for your special operations brothers or For anyone that is in those critical, intense environments where they need to compartmentalize, in some cases, you're training, you're drilling, and all of the things that you're doing, your body and your mind is conditioned to handling things that the typical human is not able to handle. But at the same time, it takes you away from handling things that typical humans could do. Correct. 
Hence emotions. <laughs> Correct. Here's where I suggest practicing affect regulation, because if we can practice naming the emotions of others, let's say that we're not emotionally capable or emotionally competent. You guys, as special operators or as military individuals, you guys have been taught to read threat. You have been taught to read a room. Who's the asshole? Who's the bad guy? Who's the good person? Okay. Totally cool. Guess what? You don't have to connect with your emotions to be able to label someone else's emotions. You literally can study what is anger, what is sadness, what is, you know, what is annoyed, what is mad, what is impatient, what is disrespected, what is ignored. But guess what? It's already in us. It's an innate thing that is in us. We just have to unpile all of the dust, all of the debris, all of the shit that's on top of it. And get back to our natural way of being. It takes a little bit of practice, but literally going to your wife or literally going to your partner. I'm I'm saying you, I'm saying anyone in general, like for myself, my wife has been angry with me and I walked up to her and I'm like, man, you're angry. You are so angry with me. God, you're, you're angry and you're frustrated and you're annoyed and you're getting really impatient with me. And you're, you're concerned that this isn't going to get done and, and you feel worried and you're scared because if it doesn't get done, it's just going to make your week a, a bigger pain in the ass. And then you feel humiliated, humiliated and embarrassed that you couldn't get it done yourself. And then you feel guilty as a mom because you're, you're trying to do all these things and you're not spending enough time with your husband or you're not spending enough time with, with your kids and you feel abandoned and you feel unloved. That's where the breakdowns happen in a lot of cases. That's where the not fitting in all of these different things. But here's where, here's where I suggest we are all the same because yes, have, have you, have your body, has your mind, did you do a service? Did you do things that, Many people in the world will never do. Yes. Did that put you at a superhuman level than most people? Yes. But God gave you the gift of emotions so all humans can connect through our emotions. Agree with you. Absolutely. Yes. And then, so with that, compartmentalization. It has to happen in a lot of cases. It needs to happen. Sometimes it doesn't matter. Like you said, when you were getting, when you were in those sand pits, you had tears coming down your face, but you didn't have the time to feel what that feeling was because it was go. It was get it done. I'm sure there were other times where you had emotions come on, but it didn't matter. You had an objective and it was go time. Well, the more that that happens and we don't come back to it, if it's an intense emotion, those create little chinks in our armor. Mm -hmm. And what I've been realizing is I've been able to get through the night tears, get through the flashbacks, understand hypervigilance, understand hyperarousal, understand the fast acting sympathetic nervous system, which you absolutely experience when you talk about, you know, ripping, cutting someone's face off. Yes, is the, it could that be evil influence with that as well? 
I look at it and I say it's 90% spiritual and it's 10% based on your experiences of life and the conditions and the nurturings that come from that. So I'm, I totally agree with you when it comes to, yes, was there darkness around you? Yeah, probably. <laughs> like, like, let's not, you know, let's, let's not beat around the bush. Yes, there was darkness around you, but the conditioning, the training, all of the things, the amount of loss that you experienced through extortion 17 and through just your, your brothers being, being taken down in the, in the line of duty, all of those things, all of those things create these tick marks to block us away from, from that emotion. So I thought it was beautiful when you talk about crying. And I thought it was absolutely amazing when you were doing the audio read that you chose to do the audio read and you emotionally were able to let yourself feel because that is what can save a person's life. I, I agree with you on that. Um, I think the my my uh, stance on the whole thing is you're right. Based off of experiences, obviously, we, if I take somebody from New York and take someone from California, they're going to believe different things based sure. off of their upbringing. Were they in a religious home? Were they not? What kind of teams do they like? I mean, we could get the, what kind of foods do you like? Yeah. I like fish. Well, obviously, um, you were on the coast. Um, so yeah, that's going to affect the way you, it's going to change your beliefs and your mindset, your thought process. But with going back to SSRI, psychedelics, stuff like that, when we're talking about the veteran community or whatever is we're not teaching how to deal with the very things that you're speaking on. How do I do that? How do I go back to those root thoughts? Cause a lot of that stuff is childhood yeah. based off of What's something, what someone said yeah. and what I believed yeah, or something that I said. And that now that can lead to spiritual darkness. Yep. And because based off of agreement, certain strongholds and we're not giving much thought. And I think when you go to um, it's a bandaid, I can, you can give me pills and I can feel good in the moment or a bottle of wine, yeah. whatever. And I can feel good in the moment, but I'm not getting to the, the root of the problem. Yeah. I'm not. And I, and I know because I tried for decades on trying to get to feel better. And really what it did is it gave me more ailments because one drug can give me ailments that now I need another drug. And then now, now I need another drug onto that before you know it. Cause I, I've had that happen. Yeah. Hey, start out with these two. This is going to help with your thyroid. This is going to help with this. And before I knew it, I was on like 10. I'm like, what is that? Whoa, whoa, this is not the right way. Yeah. It is for people making money. Yeah. And it will cure the very thing. But at that, I mean, you've, We've seen the commercials for take this drug. <laughs> it's going to help you, help you. And at the end of the commercial, it's like, so pretty much I'm going to die is what yeah. you're saying. And Anal like, leakage <laughs> of blood. I don't want that. And 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 do I believe that certain people are, um, and I think I was there periodically or uh, at times, is like I'm about to put a, a gun in my mouth. Yeah. They need some intense something. Yes, I do. I do believe that. I'm not going to dance around that fact. Totally. But if we're if we're not teaching, if we're not putting resources and on, hey, here's how we deal with emotions, or let like let's go back, and and that's where that spiritual component comes in. Certain agreements we've made, certain strongholds, and spiritual darkness that got in through our sins yep. or our parents' sins yep. or failure to forgive others. Um, 
then yeah, you're you're dealing with an enemy, and that that spiritual thing is not getting addressed at all, it, whatsoever. Because we would think it's kooky. Because the devil, he's good. He's good. Yeah. He's got this world. They're kooky. But if we want to look at the, where the world's going, who's kooky? Tell me who's kooky. Well, it, it, yeah, and one of, I I think one of the things that are right at right at our face. When we talk about these SSRIs, when we talk about, and we didn't even talk about marijuana, we didn't even talk about the legalization of marijuana. I had my medical card. I thought that it would do something for me. And ultimately it was just a numbing sensation. But what these are, what these SSRIs do, what alcohol does, and I still take drinks from time to time. I'm not completely clean off of that. And and I'm not judging you for that because I can handle one or two drinks here and there. Eddie's like, hey, dude, give me a couple bottles. Let's have a blast. Let's do this. Do something stupid at the end of the night. That's where I'm like, dude, no. So it, total, but, but, okay, so we got the SSRIs. We got these psychedelics. We got all of these other things. What I, I think what the general audience might not understand is evil has energy to it. If you go to a doctor and you have them test the energy of cancer, it is at a very low vibration. It is at a low frequency, okay? Einstein, going back to Born-Einstein, talking about Einstein, the theory of relativity, all of these different things, we're talking about science and physics. We're, we're, not even, we're not even talking about the spiritual component yet. We're just talking about electricity that humans are and the electricity of the spiritual realm. Jesus is love. Love is a very high vibration. It is a high frequency. To connect with Jesus is to have that high frequency. To have that that higher vibration. Same with God. The people that are taking SSRIs could be going to church every week. They could be reading the Bible, but darkness could be hanging out with them because their energy is low. I would take what you're saying and I would frame it more as they have rights. Yes, but they don't know it. Yes, the people that they know, you're right, 100% they don't know it. I didn't know it. I didn't either. <laughs> I didn't like, get the hell out of here. You're not allowed here. I didn't know I could say that. <laughs> hey, it's a spirit. Even, I didn't even know that spiritual darkness was there. The could physically, physically be in you or on you. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize that there was a physical manifestation of them leaving by a simple confessing with your mouth and true repentance. I was thought I couldn't, I was, I was blown away into I'm still, blown away when i walk other guys through it they they are blown away yeah. and i'm blown away with them i'm like dude i, I get it i get it <laughs> absolutely but it's like you would you would talked about positive psychology and in in that negative na- negative nancy and that negativity that <clears throat> that is where evil plays evil plays in that space evil loves shame evil loves hatred self-hatred Evil loves addiction. Anything opposite of the love that we speak on, that's in it. That's that's the enemy. Yep. Love destroys it all. And that's where they make it. I we 
we frame it as a um I was taught from our from our mentor that disciples in, in this deliverance ministry stuff is that he's like if you look at your life as a house, you're in the middle of this uh or a room, you look in you're in the middle of this room, you have front door sin, side door sin, back door sin, and you have open windows. And that front door sin is you choosing to sin. If I'm go out and do something, evil legally has rights to torment me. Mm-hmm. Side door sin would be failure to forgive. The Bible is very clear on not forgiving others. That forgiveness is for us, not the perpetrator. Um, in your anger, do not sin, right? That we read in Ephesians. There's that. And then backdoor sin is your generational curses uh, passed down, you know, that we have to go back through. And that doesn't mean that we did it. Right. We can also start those generationals that carry on. Um, and then your open windows of opportunity or people, place, and thing is if we choose to go to certain is have certain things, hang out with certain people, listen to certain stuff, watch certain things. Spiritual darkness can gain access and have rights to torment us. And we have got to go through that confession, repentance, forgiveness piece to get rid of it. And if we take that room and we make it a, a building, a skyscraper, we have got to go level by level by level all the way to the basement to our generational. And we have got to clear that out and get rid of it by certain things that we've said. Other people have put curses on us by certain things that they say that they didn't know what they did. Yep. Like you'll never amount to anything. Yep. And you believe that. Yep. That is spiritual darkness. That's Absolutely. Like stronghold and agreement that we have got to get rid of. Like, no. And I think that ties in with your emotions back to not everything is spiritual. Yep. There's emotional, there's physical, and there's mental. But spiritual darkness will play, influence, and tweak these all day long. That sore knee you have. Oh, they'll tweak that on your brain, give you thoughts, those thoughts, right? Why am I thinking about this? They can give us those thoughts to make us believe a certain thing. Yep. I am a loser. Well, I, why am I thinking about this? Yep. Because that spiritual darkness playing with you. Oh, 100%. Colleen, what, what do you have to add? I have a question for both of you. What advice or thoughts do you have for individuals who were a victim of evil inside organized religion? And I ask this because there's people that I love who were abused inside churches mm-hmm. on some level. And... I would never be able to have these conversations with them. They would shut down. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? How do you take it? I, 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 we, uh, religion. I am not a, I believe there's a spirit of religion and it's not a good thing. It's like, we should be seeking relationship, not religion. Um, and, and that is the, that is what the devil does not want. When you truly realize that the authority that we have in Jesus, um, and the devil has infiltrated the church because we're human. This is devil's world. I mean, yep. the, Jesus calls this the devil's world that we are not. And if you're of kingdom and you're walking in obedience and listening to the Lord, we're not of this world, but, but nonetheless, our physical presence is here. Um, and the church is not immune to evilness, just like teachers do evil things to students. We can see it in the military. We can see it in hospitals. We can see it in any profession. Yep. Um, police, firemen, whatever we want to say, they're not excluded. Everyone, no one is exempt from evil. They're not. Um, and, and that is a hard pill to swallow, especially when you trust in someone to bring the word of God. No, no one's exempt from evil. We can see it in teachers. We can see it in the police force. We can see it in the military, firemen, um, hospitals, we can see evil anywhere we look. I mean, just get on your newsfeed. And of course, yeah. they, you know, put it out there a little bit more than they probably should. Yeah. Um, but 
And the church is no different. The church that the church is no is not exempt. If if I'm a bad guy, I'm going to go to the source. If I can take the head of a church member out, I'm taking out a community. Yep. Why waste my time with all these pawns? And I'm not trying to downplay just us. You're you're uh, saying chess. It's it's kings I'm and pawns. Go to the leader. Yeah, yeah. I'm going for king. I'm going for them. It's just like in the military. I just did a video on this. Is going for that officer. Or, and we see this is beautiful, or the head of the family, the man, we take them out. And now those children are going to be raised without a father. And that is going to be carried generation to generation. Of course, they're going to go for the church. Any enemy would. I'm going for home base, dude. Why am I going to worry about this stuff over here? I'm going for home base. So yeah. And they're not exempt. They're they're, they're oppressed and they're attacked harder in my own, because if I can take you out of I can take out this whole neighborhood, this whole community, but that doesn't take away from, that's why we need to go to the truth with the truth is the word of God. What does the truth say? You know, if, if we're getting, you know, we're getting all these conflicted, conflicted words or, or, or thoughts or my opinion or my belief. Okay. The word of God is not a belief. It is truth. We, we, we need to recognize that. And that is the truth. Cause so whatever I say, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, then no, let that fall to the floor. That, 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 that holds no, nothing. <laughs> um, it's what the, what God says, but there still needs to be forgiveness in that because we're called to it. It doesn't take it away from what happened. And that, that is a, that is a tough pill to swallow. And I recognize that, that a lot of people have dealt with some serious stuff from the church as children. And that doesn't excuse anything, but there has to be forgiveness because as we hear, you will be forgiven how you forgive others. That doesn't mean you forget. There's just need to be a work process that we need to work through certain things on um, on forgiveness. And we have actually a resource page on our, our website that actually we call it flushing that walks through that process on forgiving because they're forgiving's tough. Yeah. But we're still called to do it. Yeah. Because if we lived, I mean, if we could just think about this, if we lived in a world where there was no forgiveness, that's not a good world. If we go back to the eye for an eye, man, we've got everyone walking around blind. It's not a good, we would be, I would be, I would be fine. It's not, it's not a good thing. And that is where that love is. And the enemy doesn't want us to forgive Yeah, because failure to forgive is an access point for spiritual darkness to come in and torment you and your family. Yeah. Feed the hate machine for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing that I wanted to make sure was public knowledge I've I've seen some people be very very successful with um with the ketamine injections and mm-hmm. you know I I do not want to speak illy about the ketamine injections I do want to just uncover a little bit about about the mushrooms you know I I took mushrooms when I was in high school and you know my friends were in college so, and stuff like right so you get it you, there's there's like the laughing, I'm going to laugh my ass off. And then there's these other type of mushrooms that have a completely different, um, different style, different way about them. The mushrooms that I took for my psychedelic healing experience, those mushrooms are very dangerous. And the reason why they're dangerous, Eddie, in Colleen, it's not... It's not that the person has to worry about their body shutting down. You maybe, you know, you might have a 1% that could have an allergic reaction or, you know, there's people that have allergic reactions to marijuana. What these mushrooms do 
is they open up a portal because the natural defenses of the spiritual body that every human has is all that all the guards, all the defenses are put down. Okay. That's no, that's one of the biggest things. Another thing that this stuff does is it goes throughout the body and it will put in the face of the person things that their body disassociated from things that their body disconnected from things that they were not meant to see for their own survival of getting through things. And it does it at a rapid pace. So in other words, and I'm not asking you to do this, but in other words, people are going to their absolute worst experiences. They've survived and it's being put right at the, right at their face. There's no therapists that are working through that. Damn the fact that that's reactivating sympathetic and and parasympathetic buttons. So your body's being completely counterbalanced. And depending on the amount of time that you're under the sedation or the trip from, I took Wachuma, which is a mushroom from Brazil. Um, Eddie, it took me 10 months to regain motor service in my brain. I wasn't quite a vegetable, but let's just say my wife really had to lay lists out there for me because I I was extremely forgetful. My reaction time was horrible. Situational awareness, it wasn't it wasn't even an option. It dulled my senses, it dulled my natural abilities so much that I would I, I would just to all of all of your brothers out there, anyone that is interested in taking the mushrooms, the psychedelic taking ayahuasca, the the psychedelic spiritual experience, there is price tags on the back end of it that might that might not be known. See, that's that's the whole thing. You you, you start out the story that it's like an open portal. Mm-hmm. And it goes into your mind in the enemy. It, it, this whole thing is a battle for the mind. It's our thought process. The thought process just is everything. Yep. And I, that's where the spiritual darkness makes that entry. And it might look beautiful. But later, if we're not getting to the root and there, and, and I've known a lot of guys that have done psychedelics and it was awesome. They quit this, they quit that. They started doing this, which is great. And that's, and that's great. And to be honest with you, I was going to go do this yeah. until the Lord just put on my heart. No. And I was like, why? And I started praying into it in the spiritual darkness piece um, is if, and we're not learning how to, we're not putting God first and, and, and honestly, it breaks my heart. Mm to that we 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 have just slowly sucked it away from our schools we're doing it we're starting to do it to the veteran community and i understand that we are trying to seek healing we want to make people better yeah. we don't want to think certain thoughts based off of trauma and experiences dude i get that i really do i just think we're trying to do the right thing but we're doing it the wrong way <laughs> and i think like you said that there is stuff that comes after and that, that is called spiritual darkness just like if i go cheat on my wife I might get that instant gratification. I might feel good. I got to check in the blocks, but you know, I got that shame the next day. Spiritual dark. I am. I am going. I have to. There is not another option. 
I am going to have to go through a confession, repentance, forgiveness piece. Yeah. I have to. You're going to pay for that action. I'm going <clears throat> to pay for that action. No matter if I think I got away from it, I deleted messages. I deleted numbers. It doesn't matter what you tell your brain. They are there. Yep. And that component is not talked about. And I believe that psychedelics piece, and I'm not going to take away from you feel, I'm not going to take away from that. I understand. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're, we're like you, like you just said, and um, I thank you for your honesty is that we're adding some stuff that we don't know about. And that spiritual darkness is such a player, but I realized that that spiritual darkness component was there. I was mind boggled. And, and back to that psychedelics, dude, when I was asked that they were going to send me down to go to free trip of this, I was like, heck yeah, dude. And uh, cause I was struggling, man. Yeah. I was struggling hard with my marriage. Uh, the marriage I'm in right now with Amanda. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Okay. I was struggling very hard. Um, and I had suicidal thoughts again. Yeah. And I, and I don't, I don't want that. I'm no, like, of course not. I, I don't want that. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm seeking the Lord, but I wasn't, I was, I was still drinking and the Lord's like, Hey, you're done drinking. And, uh, I, I had to be obedient. I think we missed that obedience. I think a be, I, I, a, that obedience piece is we're like, Oh, we're, we're so military, uh, militaristic, whatever that, I can't even say that word. We're not going to take that word out. Yeah. Um, it's just to be obedience and it's law this, it's law that that's not it. It's that the Lord tells you, Hey, we're done drinking. Then that's what you need to do. Yeah. If the Lord says, Hey, text your wife and tell her you love her. That's what you do. Yeah. If the Lord tell, like it says in the Bible, having a prophet, marry a prostitute. That's what you do. Yeah. Don't explain it because it's what someone else hears is not what you hear. For me, it was to stop drinking. People don't always hear that. Oh, then that, that means don't quit drinking because clearly you got it under control. <laughs> um, and it's just that it's where that obedience piece or like, hey, I should buy that person a coffee. Yeah. And then slowly we get these, what we call them random acts of kindness. A lot of it, I believe, is the Lord saying, hey, man, be cool. Um, and the Holy Spirit prompting us to do certain things is we're, we're missing that obedience piece. And we're not we're taking away from how real and how in our face the Lord is. Yeah. And he's trying to tell us, I believe that the Lord is in our face. Duke. We can do better. And that back to that love piece, we're missing it. We are missing the mark on this crap so hard. And I was for the longest time. And still, I'm not only, I messed that up. I should have paid lunch for that person. I should have done that. I knew I felt it. I didn't do it because I thought I would feel weird because the enemy's coming at the same time. You're going to be a weirdo. They don't want this. They don't need this. Yep. Um, I had, I had, uh, I, I walked, I encourage a couple men more one on one. And I was talking to a guy that was struggling with um, porn, yeah. porn addiction. And I had one for years. I mean, I was in the military for for decades, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I and I finally broke that off. And That's I, awesome, he was man. Tell me about this. And the the Lord's like, give him this word. So it was one word, and it was actually the word was actually pornia, out of all words, p o r n i a. And I'm like, I'm not going to give this guy this word. I'm going to look like an idiot. I'm a <laughs> douchebag. Why would I do this? But I was like, you talk about being on a I mean, have this conversation. You talk about being unafraid and you're afraid to give this guy one word. Then who are you, you hypocrite? I remember hearing that. So I, I texted him the word. I'm like, hey, man, this might not need anything. I sent him that word. I'm like, I'm hearing this word. And he's like, nah, right away. He's like, that means nothing to me. And I was like, mm, okay. I was like, do me a favor. Please pray on it. He texts me back 15 minutes later. 15 minutes. He's like, Eddie, that word made me think of a time I was in this country and I did this. And he and he's like, it made me confess something that I had that I did. And as he's texting me, he's like, I can literally feel my body like crazy chills. 
insane stuff. Like, I don't understand what's going on. And what was happening through this confession thing is he was having a physical manifestation of an evil spirit demon leaving his body. That's exactly what, and that is the power of confession. That doesn't mean that I need to go, no, he just confessed to the Lord. Unless the Lord says you need to confess it to your wife or confess it to this. And that goes back to the beans. What do you hear the Lord say? That's what you do. Yeah. And I, and I, and he's like, I can't believe that happened. And I'm like, I know, man, it's it's pretty awesome. (laughs) But, but it, but, but in with that, the Lord will not say kill. The Lord will not say rape. The Lord will not know your voices because the Lord is not saying That's take that drink. Yeah. The Lord is not saying take that drink. The Lord is not saying have sex with that person. The spirit of murder, the spirit of suicide, they will. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely right. Time and time again. Right. And it, it, I... I appreciate your transparency because I tell you, dude, I read your I read your book and when I read that note that your daughter wrote and you guys set up brunch for Amanda and just like the way that you end the book, it provides so much hope. And I love the fact that you just came back and you were like, bro, it was still dark. And it's it's still a battle. It's still yeah, it's never gonna Evil didn't take a vacation. They're coming at every single day. They want to break us apart. Yeah. Just like, and they're very good at it in this country. If we want to look at the divorce rate. Yeah, they're totally. Very good at it. Totally. And what did the Lord say? I bless when two become one. I, like I bless that. Like, don't let any man separate what I have blessed to come one. I'm paraphrasing here, but the yeah. Lord is very pro marriage. Yeah. Of the opposite sex. Yeah. Cause that's it's how life very- is created. Right. If we put everybody on an island and we have two islands, one man and female, they're going to repop. They're going to keep, you know, we're going to get babies and all this stuff. If we put same sex, ain't going to happen like that. I, I don't think that's ever happened. Well, and it, it's, it's difficult, right? Because I have friends that, that are homosexuals, their family members are homosexual. So it's, it, it's weird because it's like, man, is, is there an abomination and all this stuff? So that, that, when I look at it, I get more into what are the voices that you're hearing? Everybody, it, it, not everybody, but many, many people are seemingly looking for this big saint, you know, this big goat with the horns hanging out and they're looking for, you know, the devil. They're, they're looking for this monster to come out of their, their walls and take them while they sleep and murder their family. And what they don't realize is it's the whisper Hey, you had a bad day. Yep. That's your fucking wife. Yep. Hey, you had a bad day. It's your piece of shit kids. Yep. You're right. And, and we believe it. We believe it. It gets to a point where it's, we agree with it. We agree with it. We accept it. You're right. They are. It is them. It's not me. Correct. Could it be me? I lived in that world forever. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not right. Well, it's it is you, but it's seductive. It it is just like you said, that seductive way to quit because it got hard is the same way that evil likes to get in, the same way that lower energy likes to pray. Yep. And let's let's go back with the whisper and the thoughts. We want to go back to buds, what we what we were just talking about. Is that you'd hear, you can quit right now. You'll be fine. You can do your plan B. That is evil because that quitting puts in my subconscious that I am a quitter. 
Yeah. For the rest of my life, yeah. no matter what I do, I quit. Why did I quit? What did I, what lies did I believe? And we know who the father of lies are. Yeah. It's not God most high. It is the devil. Yeah. I'm going to believe that. And that is spiritual darkness getting in and they won. And they are going to play with you for the rest of your life and remind you quite often that you're a loser. Doesn't mean you're a loser, but that's what they're going to tell you. And that's what so many of us believe. And a lot of that ends up in this right here. Yeah. Shooting ourselves. Which it's got me. Likewise, likewise, but it makes perfect sense that evil is the strongest when you're at a place like Bud's. It's it's because evil is realizing that you're preparing for the fight against the evil that they're in control of. You're you're at a very weak point when you're at an emotional high or under the influence of some kind of substance. Yeah, like I that euphoric state of cocaine, and yeah, yeah. I remember many times being at the bar having like a bottle of wine and hearing. Seeing a pretty lady or whatever, they'll never find out. Yeah, let's well, go. You can have one more, and you can drive home, too. You're fine. You're, yep. Remember, you were a Navy SEAL. I remember hearing that crap all the time. Yep. That is a bunch of BS. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. True. The truth. That, it, go back to the truth. Take it to the truth. That's not true. Yeah. But we believe it all the time. Or it, just something simple. You can text and drive. You're fine. You've been driving for how long? Yeah. You're good. It goes to everything. They don't. They don't they're relentless. They do not give up. No. And it's not the devil coming at you. His beef is with God, not with you, but he does have an army <laughs> and they want you to kill yourself or kill someone else or kill someone else. And I which don't mean for jail. the protection. Yeah. And which puts you in jail. We're good. Your life's over. Let's go to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. I, this conversation with you is fantastic. And where I, I thought it'd be really cool to go to is the understanding of where you evolved from realizing what a man was in your life to what a man is. That's kind of my bread. That's what I speak on. I think the most now, because I realize, well, what I was, what I thought I was and what I really was. The reality of it is that um, if we take the world, you know, they, they would say the man is the guy with the tattoos. He works out. He's big. He gets all the ladies. He's got a cool car, you know, got cool shoes, dressing awesome. His hair looks perfect. Not that the hair is not an important <laughs> part of this. <laughs> but but that's what we look at. We we call it the alpha male. Yeah. And, and, and I believe that for so long, I was a tier one operator going overseas, getting the bad guys. The world paints this picture of what a man's supposed to look like. And and I and I believe that I fell into that mold or what that picture says. Like Eddie, you're you know, tier one operator, you can do all things. And professionally, I was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I would be considered the alpha male, big and strong, going overseas, shooting bad guys in the face. But come back home, my personal life was a was a mess. I wasn't emotionally there, mentally there, or I mean I was physically there, but I was I was checked out. I wasn't there for my children. Wouldn't get down on their level, spend that quality time with them. I was not there for my spouse. Yeah, uh, I was a fraud. I was a fraud. But the but our, our worldly view, you know, I was I was the man, and that's just not true. And I realized that, and I'm like, I had no spiritual components. I was always all about me. It was about me, and yeah. that, that's not a man. But that's what the world looks at. It's leisure. It's not what the world puts out there. It's not whatsoever. <laughs> Again, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Dude, there are pe- there are demons that do not want you to talk. They don't like you. They do brother. not like you, brother. I have story after story for every event we have to go speak on this. Same stuff. Weird. Every time. That's every dude. I got I'm, the chills. It's, it's that real. Like I, I think so. I believe it. Bro, I'm I'm not even. We just went to Seattle last week. They'll probably cut off now. My wife, we went through security. My wife gets this insane pain in her side. And she's down pretty much the whole trip. Oh, my God. She's fine. It's, it happens every time. All the time. I, I can't even, man, I'm t- it's, it is more real than, like I said, you and I talking right now. Wow. Wow. And I'm not gonna I'm I'm not giving in. I still want to hear about I I, I don't care about oh, the idea. No, hell no. <laughs> and and you know, I, I do I still have a little bit of a potty mouth, but it, there's there's no way in H I am letting them get get the upper. Where was I? So we were talking about masculinity and you were okay, saying, yeah. you know, I'm I'm a tier one operator, I'm going overseas, I'm shooting bad guys in the face, I, I'm using you know, the the masculine heavy the artillery you know you got that's where you yeah, left and, off and and it, 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 it was fake it was fraud I, I could not be there it's like we need to we need to put our kids in our and our significant other way above ourselves and i was living in the it's all about eddie world and i was wrong i was not a man i was a baby boy i was a boy and uh and i realized that and it that, that was a tough pill to swallow that much of my life and my military career, which, you know, which the world says, Eddie, you're so cool. Uh, and I was actually, I was a douchebag. Mm. I was, I was not cool. I was a fraud. Mm. And, um, and that sucks to realize that. And I have a lot of repairing to do with my children. I have a lot of repairing to do with the way I was. It was not their fault. It was my fault. It was not them. It was, it, they didn't ask for that. It was me. I should have been man enough to recognize that um, and to be a spiritual leader for the family and to lead them, to show them what a true leader is. Um, and I believe that is putting, I, I don't I don't even believe, I know that that is putting God first, who is the truth, because what we see in the world is not true, because we know the world is owned by the devil, so the devil is going to give us Anything and everything. Hey, your identity is in your job. Hey, your identity is this. You 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 like someone of the same sex. Your identity is you love food. That's just who you are, and you're going to overindulge. That's not who we are. Yeah, that's not. It's what God says we are. Yeah. And I believe the Navy SEAL thing forever. I'm a Navy SEAL. I'm a Navy SEAL. I'm a Navy SEAL. That became my identity, and what that identity did, what was what took me away from that personal relationship with. Christ put him because what happens when I put him first, my family gets put before me. My significant other gets put for me. Others, people that I don't even know yeah. get put before me. And that's who we're supposed to be. That's that that's what we're called myself. That's not what I'm saying. I think I think we know what I'm saying. It's not the Eddie show. Right, right. But but I also think balance that out too because it's not the eddie show but if eddie doesn't put on his oxygen mask and eddie doesn't get his shit together the chips the, the it's a domino effect every absolutely everybody loses kind of goes back to the uh run an airplane if there's an emergencies and the oxygen mask comes in like you said i put it on myself first and then i can help out my kid right but there there comes a point 
where it's all about you, all about you, all about you. Yeah. Like I still need my rest. Yeah. I still should be eating right. So I have mental clarity. Yeah. I still should be working out. So I have mental clarity. Yeah. I still need to do my job so I can't provide, but I need to put their needs before mine. Are you guys good? Are you guys good? Because I was in a place where it's all about my job. Yeah. It's all about this school I got to go to. I don't care what you have. I don't care if I miss a birthday. Mm. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. And that's not right. I was wrong. I was I was wrong. I take full ownership for that. And I'll be damned if that crap happens again. Like, And sometimes, don't get me wrong, work can suck me right back in because I tell this to my guys all the time when we're talking about the spiritual darkness piece is if we look at this as a fisherman, is if I use a blue lure and I go fishing, and I'm not catching any fish with my blue lure. Yeah. You can bet that I'm going to change my lure. And maybe I put on a white lure and say, I throw that white lure in and all of a sudden the fish start biting. I'm going to use that white lure. The fisherman's the devil. The lure is all the enticements and all the stuff indulgence of this world that the devil uses to try to get us on the fish where we are the fish. I will bite down. And if they see that the white lure is working, they're going to use that white lure all day long until I resist it and the devil flees. Yeah. I will use that white lure as work sometimes. It will suck me in where that's more important than my children or spending quality time with my wife. And yeah. That's not true. It's not true. Yeah. How do you repair? You did not realize that you were going to have your, your three children, a very young. When I got custody of the three kids, Tristan was 10. My daughter, Samantha, was five, and my daughter, Kayla, was 10. Okay. So you had- five and 10. Yeah. So you had an itty-bitty. <laughs> and yeah, that's what to do. I know what to do. I mean, I figured it out, but it really started off, and, and instead of like being nurturer and being in the leader, it was more of like, okay, guys, I, I got to keep these three kids alive. Yeah. That's like, that was my mindset. It's like, okay, don't die on me. Yeah. What do you guys need? Well, I don't know. Well, dude, I, I I was hoping I could pick your brain. I'm trying to get the pony. Just I'm just trying to get the back ponytail for my three year old without you know opening up the darn rubber band and getting it around without her screaming. Dad, you're hurting me. Yeah, like, are yeah. you freaking kidding me? Yeah, it's yeah, it's do that stuff takes patience. Uh, it's tough. I had a really hard time. Crazy hair day though was a good day for me. <laughs> You, you get you got one pony going over here. You got one pony going over here. Yeah, Jack, good to go. I was like, you just wear it down today. I feel you look so beautiful down and long. You know. <laughs> so, all right. So, so you were imperfect. You didn't. You didn't do all the things that you were supposed to do. You made mistakes. You can say that you failed. Whatever it is, mistakes were made. Okay. Right. What I'm trying to teach my five year old is. If you make a mess, do your best to clean it up. 100%. So what does the cleanup look like? That's funny. You make your mess good. It's powerful. Um, I guess going back and repairing their hearts mm. with, with the thing that you mentioned that was so true is love. I, I didn't know how to love, as weird as that sound. And, and, and I knew how to love because I'm a human. Right. But that was distorted in my mind of course lies that i believed um so i go back and i love and i and i and i cherish and and it's and and to be honest it's still hard for me sometimes yeah i just had a talk with my wife that um she doesn't feel loved at certain times and i've got to like 
go back and dissect, okay, where is that coming from? Because there is a root of somewhere yeah. um, that I got to work through back to the emotional, the mental, the physical, and the spiritual piece. There's somewhere. And I and that's hard for me. It's still hard for me to this day. I'm way better. Yeah. I continue to get better, but I still struggle. I still have struggles. Yeah. I'm not I'm not definitely not up here preaching, thinking that I've got it all figured out. I, I don't I believe you don't ever have it figured out. I believe there's always room for growth in some some area in our life. Uh, but I still struggle. I do, but I'm definitely better and I and I can I can recognize it now instead of thinking it's all there. I'm like, I can actually admit it now and be like, you're right. You're right. I, I should have. I should have handled that situation better. I'm sorry. Uh, what What's something you need from me that I can do and try to put in those implement? You know, not be a talker, but actually be a doer uh, to to better myself and to give my wife what she needs because I because I have needs too. Mm-hmm. Because if they don't like you know, or I don't want to get food, I become hangry. It's yeah. the same thing, right? Yeah. Well, I, I deal with the hanger with my wife. She's she's <laughs> the yeah. So I know that I gotta have a snack pack, I gotta have something that's there. But here's here's one of the things that I, I absolutely love about Joe that I love about you guys, that I love about the we first said food, pers- and there comes Joe. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but but in, in all seriousness, the first responders that I connect with and individuals like you, like you and Joe, what I love about you guys is when you, when you were talking about Amanda and you were talking about her not feeling love, one of the first I, I'm like, man, I've been there. And one of the first things I was thinking about is, have you personally read the Five Languages of Love by Gary Chapman? I've I've read that a couple times. There's also a um, a step for step families. Oh, cool. Okay. Families. I read that one too, which is pretty cool. I was, yeah, no, I'm I'm totally with you. It's a great book. Highly recommend. Yeah. But, but here's, here's, here's my point to the love. You're, you're throwing a curveball. Something happens. Maybe, maybe, you know, your, your wife is angry about something. She doesn't feel something. You feel inadequate. You feel unappreciated. What, what, whatever it is going on, there's always a resource. There's always a tool. There's always a resource. We just got to know where to find it. And that and that carrying on to the man thing, we would call that the storm or the valley, right? It's it's our actions during that time that define us. Mm. It is not, I'm so awesome. Look at me. Everything's perfect. I'm awesome. It is what we do. Do you stand? Do you stand firm in that storm? Yeah. And fight back, or do you run like a little boy to the internet? Do you run to your bottle? Yeah. Do you run to some other substance? And and that's what I did for so long. Yeah. Is there, that 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 is the defining moment between a boy and a man, mm. in my opinion. That's beautiful. Is that right there, that valley, that storm that yeah. we are all going to find ourselves in is what do you do in those moments? Yeah. Are you going to lash out like a douchebag and say this, say all that, which I still fall into sometimes. Likewise, yeah. Or do you run to the internet and, or do you run to a certain substance to suppress you don't feel because it's easy sense of gratification. Yep. You still got to deal with it. You're going to deal with it again. Yeah. So either you take, you, you know, you, you rise up and you face the enemy, you face that Goliath or you uh, cower and get off the battlefield. That's, that's in my opinion, a man and a boy. When did you realize that you were a coach and in creating unafraid, creating this, this entire concept, which your website's awesome. Your clothing line. I can't wait to pick some stuff up. 
um, you know, from from the hats, from the hats to the book to the jewelry. It's very significant. Where did you? Where did all this come from? Besides, I mean, obviously praying, but where did it come from? Yeah, God. Uh, yeah, that's so funny. We a couple months ago, I was in the shipping room and we were putting some packages together. And I'm just looking around and I realized that there's like crosses over here. There's warrior armor of God on this. There's just all this stuff and it, it glorifies him. But I believe in a warrior, like a man way, um, which is why we came out with started to come out with women's stuff. And I just kind of looked around and I'm like, I didn't even see this. I didn't realize that we would do things and it would glorify him. And I just started crying. I got, I just got on my knees. I started crying. I'm like, you're so awesome. You're so amazing. You're so beautiful. Like you just what you do, what you're doing. And, and I realized that all this, he's like work. He was working on me uh, throughout this whole process and reforging and reforming me and um, renewing my mind. And it, and it was just awesome. But a lot of that stuff is like, I just, given stuff like, Hey, we need to do this. We need to do this. And, and, and the men I reach or the women that we reach from unafraid um, other people can't reach them. And there there's people that other people reach that we can't. Yeah. We're just another piece of the body of Christ. That's all we are. Yeah. And um, we just, we love it, dude. It's just becomes a, it became a passion. It's not work for us. It's just a passion is just to, to show the true strength because he saved my, hmm. he saved my life. Many times he saved my life. He showed me what a real man was. And I want to share that with other people. And I never realized that I was a coach or or whatever is um, until people started asking me. And I was like, whoa. And then there, they they just formed and it turned, it started as a t-shirt and then a t-shirt and a hat and then another t-shirt. And then it turned into this, this mentorship, this encouragement thing. I like to put the encouragement piece um, to help others through the same struggles that I went through. Yeah. And I, and I, and I learned too, it's a two way thing. Uh, and you know, we're now we're starting Bible studies. We call battle preps. Um, yeah. Who knows? And now with speaking events and just who knows what's tomorrow. It's so great that you're getting out there on stage because, because you're, your ability to connect with you can connect with alphas you can connect with betas you can connect with pain you can connect with emotions and you know people see you you are a striking character with the tattoos with all of the features that you have one would think that you just got done watching you know uh, commando or terminator 2 you know just like let's go blow shit up and it's which is always fun <laughs> totally and i'm I'm not talking down about that but there's so many more layers to you than the initial facade you're a very deep dude you are a very loving person and uh man what a great time for you it's been perfect it's been perfect aligned timing it's there's a lot of areas that I still need to work on and a lot of, we, we all struggle with very similar things and we need each other. We need that community to build, still have people that I go to like, Hey, I need some help over here because yeah. I'm attacked. Is there anything that you would like to share with the greater audience? Is there anything that you'd like to leave us with? I think, I think the biggest thing is to realize, I think the biggest, the, my, I guess the biggest message is, is um, we're all struggling. 
no matter what you see or what you think someone is or how perfect they are on on uh, media platforms, everyone's struggling in some way, shape, or form. And you got to have that community. You've got to build up um, yourself. And there is an enemy that is coming to destroy you. And it's the world, the flesh, and the devil. And, and if you continue to fail to recognize that, you're going to continue to be the victim. Um, and it's okay to talk about the stuff. We, we Men don't struggle. Men are tough. We don't have feelings. That's a bunch of BS. And, and it's a lie that I believe for so long. Um, and bringing that stuff from the dark out to the light is just gives it so much power and um, allow the Lord to come in and just mend and nurture and and just repair uh, stuff like that. But, and, and anything can be repaired. Like go back to the family thing is repair those breach points, those those holes that we've created in our marriages or in our relationship with our children. Uh, they can all be repaired Um and just seeking truth and not what the world gives you, this fluff, this sugar-coated crap. Um, and, and it's all right to struggle. It's just don't stay in your struggle. Refine yourself. And it's okay. It doesn't mean you're you're this or you're that. Refine yourself. Because I mean, if, we, if, if we go back to like any kind of military training, when I first day one of that training and the last day of that training, I was so much stronger. Mm-hmm. I had so much more wisdom. And I can apply that to whatever job or task that I have. And I get to give that to others. And it's the most beautiful thing is to give it to others. I'm, you know, I'm not in the life taking business anymore in the life giving business right now. And it's the most beautiful thing that I've ever experienced. Yeah. I, I mean, what an exception uh, to many of the men out there that I've had the opportunity to come across, you know, and I would say, thank you for modeling your behavior. I know that you don't see you know that you don't see yourself as perfect we're all imperfect but i love the authenticity because what you bring with authenticity is trust and when a person can trust then they can go into the depths to get to the root of what's going on and i love that your organizations out there and and you and your wife amanda are doing it um i you know how can how can organizations like mine how can we how can we support you besides get the word out besides buy the clothing besides do all of those things how can we help Eddie Penny I guess the biggest thing is just for all of us whoever's listening is to be the example I, I tell people all the time don't conform to this world because we can just look at the world and see what it stands for and I'm not ripping on everyone. I'm not, yeah. I'm not doing that. It's like people should look at us as the example and be like, why are you different? Why are they so different? And they want to do what we do. And it leads back to the Lord. Because if it was up to Eddie, it's party all the time. Yeah. It's do whatever I want when I want. And yeah. that's just not right. It's not the it's not the good thing. Cause I wouldn't want my kids to do that. Right. So I shouldn't be want to do that either. It's just so I put I pointed back to the Lord at all times. But people look should look at us like why why do you do it? And I'm like to be honest with you, it's because this is the Lord. The Lord is in my life, and you know there's certain things that I don't do, and there's certain things that I do do. Yeah, because of Him to glorify them, and it makes me better because there is a thing called spiritual darkness. Um, and there's certain things to make myself better and my family better. And I want to raise good kids. Yeah. And and I, and I need guidance. I don't. I didn't get a manual. I know you didn't either. I yeah. Here's how you do it. And that's where the Lord comes in. Hey, here's how we do this. Um, and, and it's through a communication. Every Everything is not in that Bible. 
Everything is not there. It is that obedience to the Lord and getting with him at prayer time and listening to him to what he says, um, what the Holy Spirit gives us. And we lead that way, that obedience, peace. And I don't and I don't like all the things that I hear. Some of the things I don't want to do, but I know that he knows better than I do. Because when I did it Eddie's way, I lost relationships. I lost jobs. It wasn't a good thing to do. I had a lot of addictions. Yeah. And I don't want to be in that bondage anymore. With him, there's no bondage. Wow. No bondage. Wow. Well, I, I can't wait for you to do a keynote in Chicago. And after, if that's the case, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to invite myself and take you out for a steak dinner <laughs> or something, man. But ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, go to eddiepenny.com. He's got an awesome website. There's a lot of information on there. There's resources on there. There's a lot of benefit to just clicking on his website. Pick up his book. His book this is going to resonate with teenagers. It's going to resonate with people in their 20s. It's going to resonate with people in their 40s, 50s, and even 60s. Because here's what it here's what it preaches. He's not coming from a place of preaching. He's coming from a place of learned experience and how to make it better. And there's we just dropped a new copy of Unafraid for young, for young adults. Oh, cool! It takes out all the bad language and which is there wasn't a lot. No, we took out a lot of stuff and kind of made a more Christian um, directed. So there's, there's that as well. So it could be, if you just go on like Amazon, it's unafraid um, the young adults version and it'll pop up. Excellent. Okay, perfect. So once again, the book unafraid staring down terror is a Navy seal and a single dad written by Eddie Penny and Keith Wood. Eddie, this was such an awesome experience. Thank you so much for your time. Dude. Thanks for having me. Hey, hey man, like, Thank you for your transparency, talking and your knowledge and your wisdom that you shared. I, I loved it. Thank you so much for passing that stuff down and 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 open yourself up and, and being transparent. That that means a lot. Absolutely, Eddie. I I really appreciate the kind words and thank you again for your time. Thank you, audience, for listening to this and and open up your hearts and open up your minds to this. Bye for now. <laughs>